Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. to the episode. I'm your host, Joseph Ranke. I am going to be discussing with you today a scenario where two friends that I know, like they kind of went opposite paths in terms of like home buying and, and whatnot. I'm going to share with you their story. It's going to show you major mistakes that people uh, make, especially when it comes to buying a home. Okay. So how to avoid those mistakes. Um, yeah, it, it's a good episode. So I, I'm excited to show you guys this because it's a uh, I talk about it quite a bit, but I should be able to go through an example to show you guys, hey, you know, don't overbuy, basically. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to show you the ramifications of that. Before we jump in, if you're uh, watching on YouTube, welcome to the channel. Be sure to subscribe, like the video, um, comment on it. It helps us grow the, the audience. It's much appreciated. If you're watching on a podcast, make sure you subscribe also because then, I shouldn't say watching on podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe, share with your friends. Again, it notifies you when new episodes come out. Let's jump into the episode. All right. So I have uh, two friends. Uh, I'm going to call them friend A and friend B. <laughs> um, so that way they don't know who I'm talking about. Actually, they listen to this, they're going to know who I'm talking about. But uh, I'll call them friend A and friend B. Okay. And they both lived in the same city. Okay. Now, in this specific city, just like pretty much all cities, there's certain parts that are more expensive, some parts that are less expensive, all that type of stuff. But this city was unique, okay? So historically, you had like this older part of the city, okay? And on the west side of that city was like your really, your wealthy up here, your wealthy area, your more upscale area. You know, all the people are like, oh, like the people, the, the famous people live there. There's this zip code over there, like blah, 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 right? Um, and that's what it was. Now, in recent times, probably in the last five years, there's been other parts of the city starting to grow. And especially because of COVID, there's been a lot of influx of people now moving to this city because they no longer had to be in the big area, meaning... This is an example, by the way, it's, they didn't have to be in the Bay Area, San Jose, California, San Francisco Bay Area, all that stuff. They didn't need to be there anymore, so they moved out of there. And so on the west side of the city, it was really, really expensive, but all these home builders were going out onto the east side of the city and building brand new communities. And when you look at the houses in these communities, like west side versus east side, the square footage of the houses were exactly the same, if not bigger. They're nicer. Like some of the houses, the newer houses are nicer. They have all like granny in them and everything. Um, they're nice. Okay. Now here's the big difference. Okay. 
Person A was thinking about buying on the west side. The house at, remember, keep this in mind, same exact square footage, okay? The house they were thinking about buying was about $900,000. All right, situation number one. Person B, because of where they were thinking about buying, same size house, really nice neighborhood with a bunch of young kids and everything else, was about $350,000, okay? That's the, the, the primary difference, 900 to, versus 350. It's almost three times the cost. And literally these places are like five to 10 miles apart from each other, okay? And the reason why, why is the cost so much different in those areas? Well, like I said, that area on the west side is known for schools and the uppity up, whatever zip code stuff that people have to be in because it's a certain zip code. Okay, so they can brag to their friends about what zip code they live in for some reason. Okay, but neither here nor there. And so when friend B was thinking about moving, like he came to me and was like, look, why are these houses so different? Like I want to I want to live close to friend A, but I can't justify spending almost $600,000 more plus all that in property tax and everything else. I just don't get it. And I was just like, yeah, either do I. I don't I don't get it either. And, and so of course he came on, he was like, well, let's run the scenario. Now keep in mind, both friend A and friend B, they make a, they're like the same age. They're both married. They both make about the same amount of income. Like almost everything to the T they have one child, both of them, like almost exactly to the T. And so I said, okay, person B, let, let's go on a Fitbox, get your profile in there. Let's build out a plan. Okay. Now. Built up the plan, making $350,000, buying that house, way more. That's He can afford way more, but this was like perfect for him, okay? And he runs it out, and by retirement, he would have had about $5 million in retirement, okay? So pretty damn good. Plus, he liked doing things like potentially starting businesses and all that type of stuff. So it played perfectly into him because he would have all this extra cash flow to do whatever he wanted to with it. Now, we put in this situation for person A, okay? And, and person A didn't want to do this himself. He was just like, no, I, I, I can't. At the end of the day, he didn't really have a choice because his wife wanted to live in that zip code. So he just was like, okay, I guess I'm living in that zip code, okay? And so he was kind of embarrassed and he didn't want to do it. But I was, when person B did it, I said, look, now let's flip the script here. Let's pretend you go out and buy that house on the west side. Because he qualified for it. Again, it's not what you can necessarily afford. It's what he qualified for it. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, haven't heard this podcast before, haven't heard me talk about this. When you go to get a mortgage, what you qualify for versus what you can afford are two completely different types of things. Okay, Qualification is basically the, the bank saying, hey, we're, we're comfortable with this amount of risk and giving you this amount of loan because our risk is limited. Okay, They can care less about what you can actually afford or not. Okay. And so that, that's the main difference there. So I said, okay, we built your plan. You have about $5 million by the time you hit 60, 65 years old. You got your house paid off, all this type of stuff. I said, well, let's, let's run it if you were to buy like a $900 or $950,000 house on the other side of town. And it came out like he would still have like $3.5 to $4 million in net wealth by the time he got to retirement. So not bad. But you can see two things. There's two big mistakes at this that this goes to show what most people do, okay? Because they try to overbuy on their house, okay? First of all, by buying the 
cheaper house and then having money to reinvest other places, it gives us opportunity for his net worth to grow in multiple ways. So a lot of people that will just be like, well, I'm gonna buy a house and they put everything in their house. That means you only got one asset working for you. Whereas person B, because he was buying the cheaper house, he had the, the house asset working for him, plus he can invest that money. In the example we did, it was just investing in the stock market. And now he's got two assets going for him. But you can invest that in anything you want to. You can invest it in courses or uh, in, in businesses. You can invest it in crypto, for God's sakes, whatever you want to, okay? You can invest it in. And therefore you have an opportunity to grow your wealth even more and you're not restricted to just the home price and that's it, okay? So person B, he bought less house. He ended up with more net wealth in the end. But person A, like I said, he would still have about 3.5 to $4 million in net wealth. But what's the bad part? This is where the people, most people make the, the biggest mistake. When we ran the projections out, that person was basically living paycheck to paycheck. So they didn't have any extra money to really invest in like a 401k or IRAs or anything else. And so what ended up happening by the time he was 65, yeah, he had 3.5 to $4 million in wealth. But like three to 3.25 million of that was in equity. He had no, no cash. So if you ever heard the saying equity rich, cash poor, that's where that came from. And person B, you know, well, a lot of different things that you can do with equity once you hit retirement. And I said, yes. However, I grew up in an area in San Jose that the values of homes just shot through the roof, okay? And so, you know, when my parents were growing up there, it wasn't Silicon Valley. It was just San Jose with a bunch of orchards. And so them and a bunch of their friends, you know, bought their houses. And a lot of my parents' friends, that's all they ever had. They just bought their house and paid off the mortgage. And so now these homes are worth $1.5, 3 million. So they're all like, yay, real wealthy. But a lot of their friends have no cash. They have no other investments that they can live off of. And so now that they're 65, 70 years old, some of them have had to sell their, their houses in order to live. So therefore, for example, like they sell it, they get $2 million. Fantastic. Everything's great. They get $1.5 million, whatever it is. But rent is like five or six grand a month. And so they, they just start bleeding their cash very quickly. So a lot of them have been forced to move or they take a reversed mortgage. But after a certain time period, you're not going to get any more income from a reverse mortgage. And so they, they're faced with these really bad situations where they basically have to sell, move away from their friends, all that type of stuff. And so that's the problem with being equity rich and cash poor. And that's what person A is setting themselves up to do. And it's not going to be a good situation. And like by the time they hit retirement, they're going to have to move. And that's not what you want to be putting yourself in. Plus that person, person A, just from a financial risk perspective, they over leverage themselves and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And you know, now I have to hear about how miserable the person is every time I see them because they don't have any money. It's like, well, great. You know, you got the same size house as person B and, but you got the zip code, woohoo, right? Like you can tell your friends how you live in a certain zip code, like who gives a shit? That's my personal opinion. Um, but that's what ended up happening. Um, and so that's what the episode was that I want to talk to you guys about today. 
you know, quick episode, not a, not a long one. The moral of the story is be very careful when you're buying a house. Don't over leverage yourself. Again, if you guys need help, build your profile, fitbuzz.com, become a premium member. We have tools that will tell you like how much home you can afford based on your personal situation. You can build out your financial plan, like what person B did where he simulated the results long-term. You can do that. You can run multiple plans. And then once you have your plan, you can actually implement it right on the platform and make sure you're doing everything correctly. Um, and so that technology is now out there for you guys to use. But again, I just want to reiterate, you know, it's, it's not that simple as just buy a house and buy what they tell me I can, can qualify for. Um, you know, think, think through it more than just, well, this zip code or that zip code, this house, this is the nicer area. Like I said, the area is what you make of it. There's plenty of areas that you could buy really nice houses for without having to overbuy it because you're in a certain area. So that's the podcast for today. Thank you again. If you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you again as well. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry too. I keep going at different screens. Sometimes I forget which one the camera's on. So thanks guys again. Talk to you soon.